At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Welcome to Press This, the WordPress community podcast featuring exclusive content and interviews with leaders in the WordPress community. Covering everything from development to integrating your digital marketing strategy with WordPress. Join host David Vogelpohl of WP Engine and special guests from across the community as they keep you up to speed on the latest advancements in WordPress. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on WMR. This is your host, David Vogelpohl. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine. And I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. As a reminder, you can follow me on Twitter at WPDavidV. You can subscribe to Press This on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or download the latest episodes at WMR.FM. In this week's episode, we have a very fun topic, internet art and WordPress. And joining us for that conversation from Digital Cube, I'd like to welcome Rachel Winchester to Press This. Rachel, welcome. Hi, David. Thanks for having me. So glad to have you here. This is such a fun topic, this notion of internet art. I remember when I first kind of ran into you and was hearing about this topic, I was like, wait a minute, what is this thing, internet art? And uh, I think it's going to be really fun to cover it on the show today. So for those listening, um, what Rachel is going to talk about is her thoughts about what internet art is. I promise you'll be pleasantly surprised and how you can use your WordPress skills to create something amazing in, in what I consider is a wonderful new art form. Um, and so really looking forward to, to hearing Rachel's thoughts on this. And I know this is an area of passion for her and, and has created her own internet art and really kind of curious to hear some of the WordPress connections here. Um, Rachel, I'm gonna ask you though, the same first question I ask every guest, could you briefly tell me your WordPress origin story? When was the first time you used WordPress? Sure. So the first time I used WordPress was right after college. Um, I had a website idea that I wanted to pursue. Um, and a friend of mine who knew more about computers just drove me in the direction of WordPress. So uh, in that year after college, I built my first WordPress site. Um, and of course, it was it was art related. Oh, um, I was going to ask you, like, what kind of site was it? Yeah, because I studied art history in college. So when I so this idea I had was very related to art. Um, and then after college and I had more time, um, I decided to, to finally build the site. Uh, but it wasn't until maybe a year later that I got active in the WordPress community. Um, I wanted to learn more about the, the platform that I was using um, for that site um, and some other uh, website ideas that I had in mind, um, just as a hobby. 
so I started going to meetups to learn more about the platform and and meet more people in the community. I love it. I love it. I love mm -hmm. it. We've definitely heard similar stories to that many times over here on Press This. That's amazing to hear that connection for you as well. What year was this, Rachel? I'm just curious. Like, when did you first start it? Do you remember, like, roughly? So I started the site in 2017. That's when I, the year I graduated. And I started going to meetups in 2018. Okay. Okay. So you like came right into the community, like right in the thick of like Gutenberg rolling out and all of that. Is it, do you remember that at the time or were you still just so early learning? I, I do remember that. I do remember a lot of people talking about that. I was such a novice at the time that it kind of just let, let the talk go over me. Um, but it was a term that kept coming up uh, and I couldn't ignore Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, but I actually make most of my sites with Elementor, so I haven't had to use um, uh, Gutenberg, Gutenberg or the, the block editor too much. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, I'm glad you're finding successor with Elementor. I think they have a very wonderful product. Um, that's good to hear. So tell me, you're working at a company called Digital Cube. Um, tell me a little bit about what the company does and what you do there. Yeah, so I just started working for Digital Cube, uh, and I'm incredibly excited to be working for them. Digital Cube makes WordPress products. Um, their most popular ones are Amimoto and Shifter. So Amimoto is enterprise hosting, and Shifter offers static and headless WordPress hosting. Uh, and then there's a Jamstack, um, I, I mean, a, a Labworks, which is a um, incubation agency that is part of Digital Cube as well. So it's quite a lot going on um, with WordPress in the Digital Cube company. Uh, at Digital Cube, I am a user experience product designer. Uh, so I'm all over the place helping design their products and uh, do more user experience research. I like it. So you're very well positioned here for this topic on, on internet art in general, and of course the crossover to WordPress. Um, sounds like you're, you're right at the kind of Venn, the, the, the nexus point of the Venn diagram here for all of these topics. So that's very appropriate that we're interviewing on, you on all this, Rachel. Um, <laughs> uh, so let's, let's start with the obvious question. Like, what is, in, what is internet art? Um, and, and I don't know, like, if you could share some examples or even like URLs you could like say on the show, people could like type in as they're listening and like follow along. But like, help, help me understand, like, what is internet art? Uh, I'd love to explain it to you. And if you have any follow-up questions during my explanation, just, you know, you can interject oh, I, and ask. I, I that'll help. Well, Rachel, so many <laughs> so, questions. Internet art is art that uses the internet as its medium, uh, or it's art that uses the internet as its main uh, mode of, of consumption, of uh, exhibiting itself. So it's art that uses, that you view in the browser and it uses the internet, the network connections as the literal medium. Um, so it's a type of digital art because the internet uses digital technology to work. Um, and it's also a type of conceptual art because it's more about the idea or the concept behind the work rather than the actual like appearance itself. Um, so internet artworks don't often look, look like uh, an impressionist painting. Um, it's more about the idea behind behind it, how it was made, why it was made, what it makes you think. So help me um, understand like some examples here. So you know, I know, I know we're kind of describing visual things on a on a on a podcast, which I think is a really fun exercise. But help me understand, like, what would a, a piece of internet art look like, or 
function like or behave like? So one of one work that I want to explore in the product podcast is called uh, Grammatron. It's a pretty popular work, um, especially in the internet art world. Um, and it was made by an artist named Mark America back in 1997. So Grammatron, it has its website, its own website, grammatron.com, and it's still live. Um, and just to let you know how significant this work is, it was exhibited at the Whitney Biennial. Um, Can you spell so it, Grammatron? Or Grammatron is G-R-A-M-M-A-T-R-O-N. Thank you. Um, so this work is, um, it's a piece of literature, uh, but it's also a website. So it, it um, plays around with storytelling and literature formats a bit. So the way the story is told is that the viewer, the user, um, clicks on links within the text to navigate through all of the content. So each person has a very different experience of this work based on the links that they click through. Um, and Mark America created this work to kind of play around with how stories can be told using the internet as, as its medium, as the format. Um, the web is based off of hypertext links. You, you know, every button, every link is, will bring you to another page with new information. So he used that idea of a hypertext to create an entire immersive artwork. Um, so grammatron.com, if you go to this website, um, there's you know a little opening page and you can just click on the little GIF to get through to the artwork. Uh, yep. And then there's some more links that tell you, you know, about Grammatron and some other things that accompany the artwork. But then you click on begin to begin the actual story and there's a higher bandwidth, lower bandwidth um, story, and even some audio files to click on uh, as you go through the story. Um, I find it very like RPG-like almost in a sense, like I was kind of like choosing the next adventure. I know it's not like in that lens, but it seemed very like, it, like, like the difference between like something like Grammatron and like just showing a JPEG of artwork on a web page is this interactivity aspect, this, this notion of like uh, an experience maybe that is unique to the observer and the person consuming the art. But it, it, it feels like it's like the difference between like a JPEG and, and Grammatron is this notion of interactivity with the art. Would you, would you say that's fair with internet art or is there very static forms of internet art? Yeah, that's a very um, popular observation that people have made with internet art because a lot of the internet is interactive. Um, you know, when you go to a website, it's not just a static image in front of you. You have to click through things and scroll and interact with the web page. So therefore, a lot of a lot of internet artworks are interactive. They're environments that the user has to explore in order to consume the, full, the whole artwork. So it's funny because we're kind of getting into like the notion of like commercial versus, I don't know, artistic art. I mean, I don't know the right ways to phrase this, but I think that dynamic is interesting as well. Um, but we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. 
Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. If you're an online marketer who really needs to grow an audience of buyers but can't do all the heavy lifting alone, then here's the solution you're looking for. Introducing the DFY Podcasting System. Here's what you get. 30 minutes of one-on-one training. A weekly podcast for you or your company. Distribution to almost every podcast portal. An embeddable player for your website. An ebook called How to Podcast, created for WMR.FM show hosts. And much, much more. And best of all, you'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm. Let's press forward with more Press This, only on webmasterradio.fm. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on WMR. This is your host, David Vogelpohl, in the middle of a very interesting interview with Rachel Winchester. Chester, sorry. Uh, talking about internet art. Rachel, right before the break, you were talking a little bit about how many people observe the interactivity and this kind of guided, um, ex- I mean, not guided, but this interactive experience is maybe one of the things that differentiates internet art from say like static art. Um, but then you also talked about like, well, hey, look, designs for web pages are also this. Um, it feels like internet art though, of course, because it's an, an art form versus a commercial sense. Um, it, it maybe lets you like stretch in ways and think in ways you wouldn't normally do as part of your, you know, commercial UX job or web design job. Is that true? Is that a benefit of that you found? Yes, in in internet? that's exactly true. And that's actually a really good way to think about, think about the idea of internet art. So in the WordPress world, um, we're definitely familiar with the term internet products. Um, so internet art is like internet products but not for, the, not for the purpose of business or for the point of making a profit. Sure, artists do, you know, they do have their own careers and they do need to earn money. But as far as an internet artwork is very different from an internet product. Um, an artwork is made to, um, for interpretation, it's made for people to uh, contemplate and for the purpose of activism rather than an internet product, which is made for a business to uh, engage with their customers or increase their profit uh, in some way. So it's definitely, that's a great way to think about, about the whole field. Do you find the creativity you get by participating in internet art has creativity benefits in the commercial work that you do? Like is stretching your creative muscle, creating art, like, affect your creative side in the in the business sense when it's time to design a product or an experience um i think it does it makes me think out of the box um i don't just think um uh it's definitely a hard question to answer patterns like i remember in my like when i was heavy in my agency days it was like okay this is another product listing this is another my team page And like, we wanted to make it pretty and unique and everything, but like it was these repeating patterns. And I just find it really hard to be creative after doing it, you know, doing so much of the same pattern. So I don't know, like I could imagine like stretching myself to like 
throw all that aside and focus on art and, and thinking about the creative effects it could have on me. I'm just curious if you might have had the same experience. I've been, I've loved art my whole life, and I even studied art history in, in college. Um, so I've gotten into the habit of, of, you know, going to art museums and galleries, and I've always loved contemporary art. Um, I think I first heard about internet art in my contemporary art class in college, probably mentioned alongside, you know, digital art and um, other tech innovations coming to the art world. Um, uh, I then just decided to do my own research. Um, but at the same time, like, you know, coming out of college with a degree in art history, but then falling in love with WordPress and wanting to kind of have a career with the internet, um, I was always thinking about both topics at the same time, the internet, art. Um, so eventually this was, this was gonna uh, become a passion project of mine and it just, and it has, and it's been um, a more and more interesting topic for me to, to go into in my free time. Um, but especially after learning, starting to learn uh, Word, the WordPress CMS um, and getting more into code and the, the um, like learning HTML and CSS, starting with JavaScript, getting more into how the internet works, how WordPress works as a technology. Um, I've been simultaneously bringing that same knowledge into understanding internet artworks. Um, so it's like, as my career goes with WordPress and as I understand um, how to be a better UX designer and work more with digital queue and WordPress. So as I understand the internet more, I understand internet art more because I kind of already have that basis in, in art history um, from going to college and just kind of always having art in my life. I think that's one of the most beautiful parts of WordPress, you know, because of how accessible it is to learn to build and customize and progress your skills. People come to it from all these like, you know, different kinds of educational backgrounds and like experience backgrounds and bring that into what they build. I think it's, it's part of the, the wonderful strength of WordPress. So that's really cool to hear how you've kind of incorporated that. I'd like to get a little bit more specific though, like on the WordPress skills, like how do you think the skills needed to build a WordPress site like translate into internet art? Like are people like creating internet art with WordPress or is it more like I know WordPress and so therefore I can make internet art or both or how do you think about it? Well, if um, I think of WordPress as being one of the many tools that an internet artist could use to manipulate the internet. So like a painter, you know, uses a paintbrush to paint a canvas, um, an internet artist could use WordPress to uh, manipulate the browser. So in this situation, WordPress is the paintbrush and the browser is the canvas. Um, so any kind of site, any kind of digital product that you can normally make with WordPress, you could use that same skill to make an artwork. Um, so like, for example, going back to Mark America's work, Grammatron, um, the way he did that is he just made a bunch of pages or posts, uh, but he has a page and each page has a bunch of links on it. And those links just go to other pages. So that's something, that format, that architecture is something very easy to make in WordPress with posts and pages. It's just about the thought that goes into the storytelling 
and and making all those connections that becomes the art. Um, I've also seen some um, artworks with uh, e that play around with e-commerce and the format of e-commerce. Um, I think I actually have a friend who created a um, dating app artwork where it you essentially add a person to a cart and buy them as a way of uh, swiping right on Tinder, uh, you know, selecting them as as your date. So I, that's something that can be made with WordPress and WooCommerce, or not even WooCommerce, maybe some other kind of um, plugin or software to create the e-commerce UI. Um, but then the idea of you know replacing products with people um, is is where the artwork comes from. It's really um, interesting because like in both of those examples, you're taking kind of common web experiences and transforming them into an artistic expression. So, so not just the, I guess the, the Grammatron version is maybe kind of like that, but it seemed like the e-commerce example was uh, maybe parody is not the wrong word, but like commentary leveraging common web experiences. Do you see it that way or how do you think about it? I do. I do. Um, and what you're actually touching on is is the next topic, which is post-internet art. Um, so internet art is art that's made using the internet as a medium, whereas post-internet art is <laughs> art that comments on the existence of the internet. Um, well, well, not all internet artworks can be contained within the browser, and some ideas for internet artworks are very um very meta metaphysical and they they comment on the whole world um so so art historians are starting to call um, especially works after 2010 more post-internet art because the internet is so in pervasive in our society that it's hard to avoid using the internet in a work we have gotten very meta for sure coming full mm -hmm. circle on post-internet art um mm -hmm. i want to kind of dive a little deeper into this but we're going to take one more break and we'll be right back time to plug into a commercial break stay tuned for more press this in just a moment Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Let's press forward with more Press This, only on webmasterradio.fm. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on WMR. We're in the middle of our episode talking about internet art with Rachel Winchester. Rachel, right before the break, we were talking a little bit about uh, kind of getting very meta, kind of going from internet art, the medium of using the internet for art, and post-internet art. Uh, kind of commentary on the internet in artistic expression. So thank you for that distinction. Um, you know, I, I know artists in various capacities and like they all eat. So I'm wondering, is there a financial aspect to creating internet art? I mean, I know we've seen things like NFTs and I don't know if you consider that internet art, but like maybe ignore the NFT part for a minute, but just in general, like, can you, do people sell internet art? Is this 
is this like a, an artistic expression people are able to earn a living from or is it still like wait and see? Um, so yes, you, you could sell an internet artwork uh, in theory, just, just the way how, the same way how people can sell a website to a client and, you know, move that data from your server to their server. Uh, you could also, in theory, sell uh, an internet artwork. Um, however, that isn't the primary way that internet artists support themselves. I think the primary way is actually art residencies. Um, so a residency is, is when um, an arts organization, usually like a museum or gallery, will pay for this artist to come and do some research, do some development, uh, but mostly make an artwork um, at their institution with their institution's name on it. Like, you know, like this Mark America work in partnership with the MoMA or something like that. Um, so that's, uh, I think, the primary way that internet artists um, earn money. Um, part of it is because it is kind of hard to monetize the individual artworks, um, but also because the artists are very interested in getting um, more involved with the people who are viewing their work and more involved with the community. Um, uh, internet and internet art and internet artists are very inclusive. Uh, if you think of how the internet is everywhere and anyone with the connection can participate, the artists uh, love that fact about their medium. So, so a lot of the internet artists are very community oriented. Uh, they love working with institutions and universities to, to help help people um, understand what they're doing and their work and help them create more works. Well, it makes all the sense in the world. I mean, that connected nature of it, I hadn't thought about that from the artist's perspective. That must be very incredibly special uh, when compared to less connected art forms. Very interesting. So speaking of like, like connectedness, but also like the medium, like you were explaining, like they were partnering with, you know, um, uh, uh, I don't know, maybe museums or, or art houses and things like that, where there's like this interactive experience with it. So it, got, it has me thinking of like mediums and connected devices. Um, I've seen examples like you explained actually in things like VR and AR. I'm just curious, like, do you think things like augmented reality or just the different types of connected devices, how do you think that will change internet art in the future? I think it'll, it'll, broaden the field, it'll just um, give more possibilities for artists to work with. Um, like, for example, if an artist makes an artwork that is best viewed on uh, a projector, um, the more that projectors, more that that device becomes popular um, among er everyday users, then more people can, can view that artwork the way it's meant to be viewed. Um, but also it it gives more it gives the artists another canvas to work with um, like i was talking before about how like the browser and the window and and how these art these artworks are things you view on a screen um, but that screen doesn't need to be a computer screen or a phone screen it could be um, a tv or or a tablet or all the other devices that are connected to the internet um, 
virtual reality environments and augmented reality. Um, it just it just gives them a wider canvas to paint on. Wow, that was incredible, Rachel. Super interesting, and I think a wonderful thought to end on. Um, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I was excited to talk about this topic. Yeah, it was a uh, very interesting. I'm going to have to go play around with Grammatron a little bit and, and think of my own internet art project. I actually had some ideas hearing you talk about it. Super, super cool. Thank you so much. If you'd like to check out more about what Rachel is up to, please visit visualwebmaster.com. Thanks everyone for listening to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on WMR. Again, this has been your host, David Vogelpohl. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.